0: Welcome to the Brian Thomas Kropp podcast. My name is Brian Thomas Crop, and I believe that stories have a tremendous power for good. And so I write them and I enjoy sharing them with you. And if you are new to the podcast, we're glad that you are here. And by we're glad, I mean that I'm glad. There's only me. I'm the only one here. Uh, and let's see. Yes, if you are new, this is how the show rolls. Uh, In just a moment, you will hear a chapter from uh, one of the the stories that I've written. In this case, it is a novel called Showdown in the Yukon. And uh, this is part one of a three-part trilogy of books that I'm in the middle of, quite literally, because I just finished uh, Shell Game, which is part two, and have recently started writing book three. So yeah, uh, be looking for uh, maybe some Instagram clips of, of those things in the coming days and weeks we're uh, starting that uh, you'll get to hear a chapter from that uh, in just a little bit I do want to catch you up in case you've missed a couple of episodes if you've missed the whole thing swing back to episode 17 that's where the whole adventure starts or you can go to Amazon you can get your book um, the audiobook. To showdown in the Yukon should be coming out very soon, and I hope to announce that uh, in the next couple of weeks. But. Um, here's where we are in the story. Uh, there's a quartet of adventurers. There is our hero of the story, which his name is uh, Monterey Jack Danvers. He's from uh, California and is a, a, t- a late teen uh, ex-pickpocket. And he has been hired by his ex-partner in crime, Mac uh, Sutherland. And Mac was hired by a widow named Gladys Finch and her daughter. Uh, they had some a gold mine or property up in the Yukon territory up there in Canada. And they got swindled out of it. Turns out it was very lucrative, had lots of gold. They've been able to uh, acquire that land back, but there's been sort of this land war about that. And um, in the last chapter, uh, there was this uh, this big aftermath of this battle, this showdown in the Yukon, if you will, over the mine. And Uh, Mrs. Finch Uh, Passed away. Uh, She was badly wounded in the the skirmish, and now uh, she has been uh, buried. Uh, Her uh, relationship with Monterey was reconciled, but now Monterey needs to go home, and so uh, off he goes. And he arrives back at where the story started, which was in Gooding Gulch, California. So we'll get to hear more about that uh, part of the story right after we hear from this week's sponsors. Well, I am excited to let you know that Shell Game, the sequel to Showdown in the Yukon, is now available at Amazon. It is available in Kindle and paperback and hardcover. And Shell Game tells the story of a private detective named Evan Gold who works in a small Kansas town And there have been three mysterious murders that have happened and he needs to unwind all of the mystery, find the person or persons behind the murders before the police nab him for all of them. They think that he is at the center of all of it. And he does run into the Pearl, the same Pearl that Monterey Jack uh, has run into in Showdown in the Yukon. And you'll just have to pick up the book to find out uh, the interaction between uh, the Pearl and Evan. So swing over to Amazon, tell your friends about it, grab a copy for yourself. You can also uh, read it for free over at BrianThomasCropp.com. But I'm so happy to be able to share uh, this next installment in the Pearl Saga with you. And with that, on to our chapter this week. Chapter 45 Monterey and Mac traveled much of the way back through the same route by which they had come. They were able to manage the Lincua with much more discipline and were not even tempted to divert from the main path through it. Monterey wondered if the threat of its inhabitants might be less too as the hillbillies would still be recovering from their loss in the valley, though he also was much more on guard in case they would be laying in wait to avenge the loss. They stayed at Pete's house for more than a few weeks, the spring bringing such a lightness and fragrance to the air that the weariness of winter seemed to fall off Monterey like scales from a snake that has grown too fat for its skin. Mungo also hosted the pair for a month or two. Monterey had lost all track of time. He learned how to fish out of the river with his spear and net, as well as how to properly prepare his catch for preservation over the long journey back. It was like a whole different experience there in camp, but with Mungo and Mac not trying to keep each other at a distance. Monterey noticed that while their backgrounds were very different, Mungo and Mac were very similar to one another and got along much like he assumed brothers would. There were many other adventures between Monterey and Mac on the way back, but none of them would even compare with those already experienced. At San Lucas, they reunited with Thomas. They told him of the secret door and how they discovered it. Thomas hung on every word of their tales as if he was reliving it with them. It did Monterey such good to be able to put words to his experiences so he could better understand them. He also learned about the same events, but from Max perspective, helping him get an even broader understanding of the areas they traveled through and the people he met along the way. The San Lucas is where they spent the lion's share of their time on the return trip, so long that Monterey started to get increasingly restless. For a week at least, all he did was sleep and eat. But eventually, he felt like he was taking advantage of Thomas's generosity and started making his way into the kitchen to get the rust knocked off his old skills. He was happy enough there but it was not until Mac offered him a particular opportunity that he realized what he needed to do next. It was probably around the first part of July when Mac found Monterey washing up dishes in the kitchen and told him of another case he had just been hired to work. Something about a gang in Nevada who is stopping the trains and wagons and removing all valuables from them got some towns and fear their lives and livelihoods if they don't get help from these crimes. Anyway, I could use a competent thief whom I would turn this wrong to rat. Right. Monterey put his work down for a moment and looked into the face of his friend. This same friend with whom he had run scams, who had told him there was the possibility of changing from the kind of person he was, who had trusted him when there was no reason to. He realized how much he loved his friend would go through all kinds of danger with him and knew that if everything was reversed, Mac would do the same. But he also knew that this was not what lay next for them. He needed to press on to Gooden Gulch, see if he and Paps could reconcile, and after that, who knew? "'I don't think I can this time,' Man said. "'But you should look me up in Gooden Gulch "'and tell me what happened.' "'You're going back there, then,' Mac said with a twinkle. "'What do you have to go back there for?' I have some loose ends to tie up. I don't know if that's where I'll land, but I could think of worse places. I mentioned it to Thomas a couple days back. I was going to ask you to come with me, but I see I waited too late. Monterey smiled at his friend. I don't know, Mac said, pulling his whiskers. I've never been one to stay in one place all that long. My boots get itchy for feeling new dirt under their soles. Then Mac paused and seemed to notice something new about Monterey. "'You know, I hired you because I knew you were a scoundrel "'who was resourceful and would see a job to its end. "'Now as I look at you, I think you've turned into a man "'who has steel in his spine and will be undeterred "'from what is right and just and virtuous. "'I'm proud to know you, Mr. Danvers. "'Proud to know you.' "'I'm proud to know you, too, Mr. Sutherland,' "'Honray said. "'I've had a lot of time to think about what all happened back there.' I think it has something to do with what I find valuable. That changed quite a bit as of late. I went with you because I wanted to get my hands on some actual gold, but I realized gold is just a metal we have put a price to. People. People. That's where the real value is. It was another day or two before Mac and Monterey separated ways, and another day or two before Monterey made his parting with Thomas in San Lucas. By week's end, Monterey found himself riding a horse right up to the main street in Gooden Gulch. The sights had not changed much, though they had not changed much the whole time Monterey had lived there and he wondered why he expected anything different. Maybe, he mused, it was because he felt different. He wondered if anyone else would be able to guess what all happened to him while he was away. Monterey tied up his horse outside the Hayes House Inn and stepped inside. A boy a few years younger than Monterey greeted him in the lobby. The boy looked to be cleaning up the tables in the dining room, but try as he might, Monterey did not recognize him. "'Can I help you?' asked the boy. "'I'm looking for Paps. Is he still around?' "'Yes,' the boy said, still holding his tray of dishes as if to place a barrier between Monterey and himself. "'Can I say who's asking?' Monterey Jack Danvers. The boy's face registered no recognition of the name, but nodded, turned and disappeared into the kitchen. A moment later, Paps appeared. Though he had always looked old and haggard to Monterey, he seemed especially so now. Look at what the cat drug in, Paps said when he caught sight of his former employee. What do you want? You want your old job back? Well, you're too late. Paps hooked a thumb in one direction of the kitchen. Hire James back there and he's working out just fine. Monterey wasn't expecting quite this snub from Paps, but he forged ahead anyway. Paps, I know how I left things was wrong. I left in a hurry without any regard or respect for how my decision caused problems for you and your livelihood. It was wrong what I did to you, and I'd like to ask for your forgiveness. And if there is any way I can make things right between us, I would be very much eager to do just that. Paps stood there in the middle of his establishment, looking like someone punched him across the jaw. Very much eager, huh? Yes, sir, said Monterey. Yes, sir, he says, said Paps with a mocking bow. You sound awful fancy, Monterey. What happened to you while you were away with that young lady and her mother? Some day I'd like to tell you, but for now I need to figure out what I'm going to do with my time. Are you going to forgive me? Paps just shook his head. Ain't nobody ever asked my forgiveness, and I'm not sure what you hope to get out of doing it now. But if you want the air clear between us, Paps clapped his hands and gave a waving motion with them. Consider it clean. Monterey smiled. Thanks. In that case, I'll be getting out of your hair. Monterey turned to head back out to his horse when Paps' voice brought him back around. Hold on, hold on, he said. I thought you said something about being eager to make things right. Paps slid his arm across Monterey's shoulders. Seems a while back I gambled with a stranger who came through these parts... Looking for some quick money. What was the bet? Monterey wondered. It was over a few hands of poker, you see. Pops looked at the floor ashamed. I bet the whole Hayes house on a pair of sevens. He had a full house. The man is coming tomorrow to collect. You bet the inn? Monterey could not believe his ears. Why would you do that? You did it a hundred times. I just figured... That's when I was here to help you. Paps waved his hands in the air again. That's not the point. Point is, if you were somehow able to use your quick-fingered skills on him, I could call your debts to me paid in full. I'm none too keen on using my quick-fingered skills anymore, Paps. Monterey was enjoying being a new man. Something told him if he dabbled back in his old ways, he would be stuck there for good. Then the pearl warmed up in his pocket, and Monterey saw a way forward. Tomorrow, huh? He said. I think I might have a way out for you. There's an interesting concept in storytelling. Uh, It's not that interesting, I guess. It's sort of why you listen to stories at all. is to see a character change over time. In this case, Monterey changing from whoever he was at the beginning of the story to who he has become over the course of all the the pressures and the adventure and all the things. Who has he become? And I remember once reading an article from some Academy Award nominated screenwriters and uh, one of them told a story about writing an entire screenplay, showing it to potential producers, and they said... I don't know i just i don't know about this movie i don't like the main character uh, he just doesn't seem like a likable guy and so the screenwriter takes the script back and rewrites all of one phrase and when the main character is introduced he says name of character comma a really nice guy other comment. just everything else about the script was exactly the same uh, brings it back to the producer with the quote-unquote changes, and uh, the guy, the producer reads it again. Like, oh yeah, this is great. It's such, he's so, so much more likable now. That um, it seemed to suggest that all he needed was to be told. By the way, the main character is likable. Great, he's likable. So then I wonder because I get uh, of all of my many insecurities, one of them is I have actually done the job that I was supposed to do and uh, have Monterey grow in his character over time. So I do wonder um, if the reason that I think Monterey grows over the course of the story is because I wrote that he grew. Uh, It's what Max says. It's what the narrator says. (laughs) Paps essentially says the same thing. Like He must have done it. He must have grown. He must be a very different person. I don't know. Um, Maybe there's a little sleight of hand in there, but uh, I you just you sort of feel like he did because all these things happened to him. But, you know, who knows? Good news is Monterey's is not a real person, so we don't really have to worry about it. Um, but, you know, I've talked uh, in past episodes about some of the themes that come up. I, you know, I was kind of dealing uh, with my understanding about money and uh, making money and what you know, God's provision and that kind of stuff. So that kind of comes up again in this chapter with gold is just a metal that we've put about you to. Um, there was another one that has been throughout the story is the need for forgiveness and asking for forgiveness and being sincere when you are asking uh, forgiveness, not just to say, I'm sorry, but to name the thing that you did wrong and then clear that up. And again, that comes out in this chapter. But then I remember, when I was listening to this, there's another one that I don't know that it really plays out in the story, but I know I was dealing with it. And it's the op- it was the opposite to me of me trying to run after money, which was the, the people. Uh, the people are the most important thing. And this came uh, in, in sharp relief to me as I was uh, reading the Bible over the course of several months. And just this theme was coming up of, you know, God is much less interested on your resume. Uh, He's given you a certain amount of gifts and opportunities and abilities and all those things. And so if you uh, give all that stuff back to him, it's really not that impressive. Uh, He like, let's just pretend I'm a talented writer. Uh, If I give back to him, uh, well-executed writing. It's not a dishonor to God to do that, but it's not its not gaining him anything either. Um, not that I could really ever gain God anything. Everything that I'm going to give back started with him. But there's this interesting thing about people in that God made all of us and he made us on purpose, and he made us with the purpose of getting to know him. And as the Bible teaches, because of sin, our rebellion against God, uh, the relationship that he would like to have between us is broken. And through uh, Jesus and the sacrifice that he made on the cross, uh, that's what we celebrate at Easter, um, he provided a way for that relationship to be mended, uh, to be reconciled and healed and forgiven and all all of those things. And so ultimately, for those who uh, claim Christ as their Savior and are walking in God's ways, the most important thing we can do is try to help as many people as possible uh, start Uh, that relationship with the Lord, uh, to have their sins forgiven and uh, reconciled and all those things, and then continue to grow walking in God's ways. And so regardless of what you do for a living, or regardless of how much money you have or don't have, or regardless of a whole host of things, The most important thing is to do what Jesus did, which is to lay down your life, your expectations, your um, uh, talents and abilities and all those things so that the other people around you might be able to walk uh, closely with God. So I was really uh, dealing with that, you know. I'm a pastor and I'm still kind of wrestling with, you know, uh, what, what's really going to impress God. I'm still wrestling with those things. And then I'm reading in the Bible, like, no, it's, it's really people that if we're going to hand in our homework at the end of time, like when our lives ended and we're standing before God, if we're going to hand in homework, it's going to be the people that, uh, we help, uh, walk closely with him. And so I think that that I was able to just kind of, um, encapsulate uh in the story that uh monterey realized it wasn't about uh the money in the mine it was could he be a help to mrs finch could he be a help to uh somebody in need and uh you know there's also that that thing of our need of friends that our friends keep us good friends uh keep us out of trouble if if uh like say Monterey was kind of in a bad way, being a pickpocket and a criminal, and that kind of stuff. It is very easy to fall back in with bad friends and then uh, get back into old habits, which is sort of what Paps is asking him to do. And if you find yourself in that predicament, um, again, symbolically, this is not an allegory. The pearl is not God or the Holy Spirit or an angel or anything like that. But I think it is also true that when we feel stuck, we can call out to God and he can give us a way forward oftentimes that helps us to still walk in his ways and honor the people uh, that he puts around us. So even if our friends are trying to pull us in one direction, Obviously, for some cases, uh, you might want to get a whole new set of friends that may be a very smart thing to do, um, but not to be rude to them and not uh, dishonor them uh, if you need to, to switch out uh, friends. So I hope that uh, this uh, episode um, has been helpful to you or meaningful to you or I don't know, maybe it was just straight up entertaining. For all I know, it was confusing, but it is what it is. Uh, We have two more chapters left. We're almost uh, through the adventure of Showdown in the Yukon, and I'm still trying to sort out what uh, the next steps are uh, when uh, this book wraps up, whether I take a break or just keep pressing on. Um, So if you have opinions, I would love to know about them, and you can let me know. over on my website. Actually, yes, that'd probably be the best place. Uh, go to the website. If you're not already signed up for the newsletter, uh, you can do that. And then uh, you would have access to an email address where uh, you could let me know, what do you think? Uh, you could also leave a rating and review and uh, for this show and maybe uh, leave me a comment there. Or um, I'm also on the Facebooks and the Instagrams and you can let me know that stuff too. Um, but I would love to hear back from you uh we'll be back next week with chapter 46 of showdown in the yukon between now and then i really appreciate it if you let somebody know because that's what you say at the end of podcasts that's what everybody says please let somebody know it's up to you uh anyway uh, i will stop yammering and i hope that you have a great week